just realized that while I was doing this podcast last time, I kind of messed up my audio. I mean, there's like a very faint sort of humming noise in the background that's coming in. It's not like a deal breaker for people who want to listen to what I have to say, but it's still pretty bad. On the other hand, something else came to light in the past few weeks, and it was the importance of doing undergraduate research. Now, if you know me, then you know that I've always been a big proponent of being taught how to conduct research in their undergraduate studies. People who are listening to this from the West may find it pretty odd that I am actually having this as a concern since it's usually built right into the US education system. But it's not the same way in India, you see. Because in India, you need to be quite exceptional if you want to land a research position. Because most of the professors here, they do not take you up on their research projects unless you're really, really good, something that's not true for us because you know if you just try a little bit you can definitely land a position in any kind of lab or perhaps like a research project under a professor of course the prerequisite that you the prerequisite is that you want you should want to do it in the first place right but you know that's how it is in india and uh, you know lately there has been like a lot of discussion going around about at least in my department about undergraduate research and the reason i think it's pretty important is because whenever I begin to write something academically, I, I'm always scared because there is no one pathway towards you know approaching a certain manuscript. And yes, it can be liberating at times, but when you have too much freedom, it can get overwhelming. So, for example, how long should my introduction be? You know, one of my papers uh, got turned down by this journal simply because it did not have a very uh, you know succinct introduction column to it and I thought that usually the editors would have read through the complete manuscript before rejecting it but they simply saw that the introduction uh, you know lacked a few things and they sort of just rejected it which I found was absurd now I do not know if this is general practice of journal editors or if this is some sort of you know some kind of malpractice on, on the general editors part now, I'm not here bad-mouthing the journal editors who rejected my paper. I just want to know if this is how it happens. I just want to know if really introduction is this much of an important part because the the issues that they raised, they were not even in my paper to that extent that you know it would merit uh, an outright rejection from the journal editor. I would have at least thought that you know this would go to the reviewer and then this would get reviewed and come back to me. So things did not exactly line up well, but it was still a learning curve for me. So I enjoyed it. Now I'm looking to revise my paper. I'm looking to revise um, you know the techniques, and of course I'm going to send it out again, perhaps uh, to a better journal. I actually chose a very uh, you know safe journal for this, and I think I got trapped back by fate. For, uh, playing it safe. I don't ever play it safe. Uh, if I have the chance to go out and do something interesting, then I pretty much make sure that I go out and do something interesting. So this is what I intend to do. On top of it, I think it's important to have undergraduate research courses and if you have them, then man, feel lucky because not everybody does. And the reason I think it's so important to have is because most people are going to graduate from their bachelors have absolutely no idea what it's like in the real world. It's almost as if the psychology they have studied is completely different from the psychology that is applicable in practical life. 
what is the basis of it it's basically like you know we, we might as well just be having fairy tales here and it would still have the same effect and that is the reason i think that it's important to somehow work on the way that work on the way that we, we are taught research methodology perhaps include more practical examples you know i want to understand what p value is i want to understand uh, you know what is interquartile range i want to understand all these basics but more than that i also want to learn which particular procedure am i supposed to apply in which particular circumstance for example i've got two variables right and one of them is independent variable one of them is dependent variable i'm pretty sure there are a few confounding variables in there as well well which technique am i supposed to apply here if i want to draw a correlation is it like a t test okay and what if there are multiple independent variables and one dependent variable can i do that as well and what if it's the other way around multiple independent variables or dependent variables or multiple dependent variables and you know now i've got myself confused as well so you get the point what should i apply should i apply ANOVA or should i apply some kind of regression i do not know and the scary part is that a lot of children from india don't and i have been discussing this with my seniors as well they saying they don't either that means that the future of indian research is at risk here you know we are not pumping out high quality research and it's especially tough for uh, you know subjects like psychology because they fall within social science so that they get treated with you know the nonchalant attitude that uh, arts and humanities subjects are treated with in india but whereas they require some hell of a rigorous uh, you know outlook in order to um, you know flourish in india so we need a more scientific attitude towards these things but we don't have it and this is something that india would have to work towards that's all for this one guys thank you for connecting with me on site